The second Bible reading is taken from Revelation chapter 5, verse 1 until 14, which you can find in the Pew Bible, uh, page 1290. Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept, because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain standing in the center of the throne and circled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth, and wisdom and strength, and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, and all that is in them singing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is God's word. Thank you, uh, Christine, for reading that wonderful chapter for us this morning. So let's come to our Lord and ask him his help to understand this word and also to apply it to our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. We stand in awe in your presence this morning. We are amazed at the activity that takes place in heaven, around your throne. 
And we thank you this morning for giving us a glimpse of what it is like in your presence, in your word. Help us, Lord, to understand this word, to apply it to our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, friends, the Olympics has began. Did you, anyone watched part of the opening ceremony yesterday? Any, did you see? Okay, I see a few hands going been raised here this morning. Uh, what a spectacular presentation it was, right? Uh, people had all kinds of thoughts about how the opening ceremony would go on, but from what I saw yesterday on the news items and so forth, I thought it was quite a spectacular event. All the fireworks, the, the, the activities, the, the, everything that went on, the music, the sound effects, the lighting, all of those kind of things around the stage, around the stadium was set on fire, so to speak. So much of activity. Now think about it this way, friends. How would it be before God? The activity before God's throne. Can any opening ceremony compare to what's going on in heaven? As I was looking at this program, as I was looking at the ceremony, I thought to myself, what about heaven? How would it be like to be in the presence of the true and living and holy, awesome God? What a spectacular event that must be. What a spectacular picture we get, the activity before the throne of God. And Revelation chapter 4 and 5 gives us, through the Apostle John, a glimpse of what is going on before the throne of our God. And that to me gives me courage, encouragement, gives me hope, gives me confidence gives me joy in my heart this morning to know that in the midst of everything that goes on in this world and in the midst of everything that goes on in this guy's life and yours, there is a higher throne. One who is enthroned. And there is praise and celebration before this God. And so in Revelation chapters 4 and 5, we see this kind of activity that is taking place before the throne. And last Sunday, we looked at Revelation chapter 5, the first part of that chapter. And today, uh, we're going to look at the remainder of this chapter. I'm going to pick up from verses 8 right through to the end. And I think it fits in well this morning with the celebration of the Lord's Supper as well. So please keep your Bibles open to Revelation chapter 5. Let me just recap briefly of what we saw last week. We saw a scroll that was written on both sides in the right hand of God. Revelation chapter 5, you can see that, which had seven seals. No one was worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals. And John, who is in his 90s, banished in the island of Patmos, he weeps. And an elder says to him, that's the role of the elder here, wasn't it? To encourage John. And he says, don't weep, John. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. And he is worthy of opening the scroll. 
A lion has prevailed, John. He is the victorious lion, the tribe of Judah. Genesis 49 and, and the root of David, Isaiah chapter 11, we touched on that last week. And then, when John looked up, he would have perhaps expected to see a lion. Instead, there stood a blood-stained lamb, like one who had been slain in the midst of the throne, standing. And this lamb, as we mentioned last week, is the lamb of God, Jesus. Remember that, Isaiah chapter 53? The lamb was led to the slaughter. Exodus, the Passover, the lamb was sacrificed without blemish. John the Baptist, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And so John is given this picture and he sees a lamb here who was slain. And so we continue this morning and we see what we might call three, three songs or three doxologies of praise. Singing. Friends, do you like singing? Do you watch footballers sing when they win their match? Do you see the, the, the people around the stadium? For example, at the, at the big the, the MCG, when their team has won, like we are Geelong, the greatest team of all. Come on, join with me. No, we won't do that. Right? They are singing there with gusto, aren't they? Right? They are so excited. Even little kids, even little boys and girls, they know the song. When their team wins. I don't know what team you're barracking for, but if you're a North Melbourne fan, bad, bad form for you last night. I know some of you are, and you're smiling, so that's good. The point is, there is great enthusiasm when these people sing and, and singing for the Christian is very much part of his or her life and singing is very much part of God's people. That's why when we meet on the Lord's day we sing. We sing our praises to our God. We celebrate because singing is very much part of the Christian's life of singing of praise to our great God. It's very much part of the DNA of the Christian life. And so when we meet on the Lord's Day, we do sing. And this morning, we're going to look at this text under these three headings, and we work our way through quickly on this passage. The song of redemption, the song of the angels, the song of creation. Three points there, 8 to 10, 11 to 12, 13 and 14. The song of redemption. Have a look with me in verse 8. And many had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. You see, friends, when Jesus had taken the scroll, note the response of the four living creatures. That is, the angelic creatures and the twenty-four elders, I have already mentioned this, the twelve tribes of Israel and the twelve apostles, they represent the Old Testament Israel and the New Testament church. So when we put those together, it is the saints of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament representing all the church celebrating God's grace. And though the seven seals had not been broken, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders, they fall down before the Lamb. They fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp. 
and golden bowls of full incense. The harp in the, in the, in the book of Revelation is associated with praise to God. And there were golden bowls which were full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, I think, friends, we shouldn't pass by this particular aspect of this text here this morning. Have you ever thought about what happens to our prayers? What happens when you pray? Have you ever thought about it? It was kind of strange for me when I became a Christian for the first time. I mean, I've just joined prayers in the church, but the first time when I was asked to pray, I thought, what am I, who am I praying to? Is this, is my prayer going to some weird place? Is it just going into thin air? Is it going into some atmosphere somewhere out there? Is it, is it just floating somewhere in, the, in space? Have you ever thought about that? What happens to our prayers? Well, have a look here, friends. You see, incense is a picture of prayers Rising to God. And we see this, for example, in, in Psalm uh, 141. Is it? Let me see that. Yeah, we have it in our text here. Verses 1 and 2. O oh Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Now, I don't know about you, but I have used incense. Before I came to faith in Jesus, we had an incense holder. We had fire coals on those, on the holder, and I put incense on it and went all around the house as if to give a blessing around the house. Anyone's done that, maybe? And we even opened the door of the car, and at the steering wheel, we would hold this thing so that there's some kind of blessing when we drive the car, it will be safe. But the idea was that as this incense was, was used, there is some kind of aroma that goes up there and some kind of answer to prayers. The point here in the scriptures is very clear, isn't it? As incense burns, it gives a beautiful aroma. And here we see the prayers of God's people rise to heaven and are a sweet smell to him, to the one who is alive. Our God is not dead. Here on earth, the church and Christians can be despised and marginalized, but not so in heaven. Because in heaven, our prayers go up to him. They are precious. They have been brought into the very presence of God himself. And they are acceptable to him due to the intercession of the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the lamb of God, the redeemer Jesus. And so we come to him with our prayers through Jesus Christ the Lamb of God. So don't lose heart, friends. Have you been praying for something for months? Have you been praying for something for years? Maybe you're praying for a particular thing in your life and it has not been answered as yet and you're getting discouraged and you're getting despondent and you think, what is happening? God, where are you? Where are you? Why are you not answering me? Why are you so quiet? Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul, the psalmist says. What we see here is, God does listen to the prayers of his people. And what a wonderful assurance that is. To all of us here this morning, Jesus said, let us not lose, don't lose heart. 
Luke chapter 18. We ought to always pray and not to lose heart. And so here is an encouragement to keep on praying with confidence, to keep on praying with assurance, for nothing is too hard for the Lord. What a blessing. And then, friends, we see this, this, this celebration in verse 9, and they sang a new song saying, For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. The word new is, is very fitting in the, in the book of Revelation. They have a new name, a new Jerusalem, a new heaven, a new earth. And so, yeah, this song is new. And What's new about this song? It is new because of the Lamb of God, the Redeemer has done his saving work at the cross by his atonement, which he has created now a new situation. And the song is new, not only in terms of its point in time, but also in terms of its quality. For the Lamb of God, Jesus, is worthy of highest praise for what he has accomplished. His death on the cross. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. The word worthy means weight or weighing on something of, of great value. And so Jesus is worthy to open the scroll, to break its seals because he was slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language, and people, and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. What a blessing, friends. Our Savior gave his life for you. And he has bought you with his, with a price. And he has bought us with his blood. I uh, had a visit last week. I, I visited um, some people from, from this church, in fact, and I was speaking to a young mother. And this mother said to me, um, Chris, pastor, I can't understand. Be before I became a mother, yeah, I kind of understood how God would sacrifice his son at the cross. But now that I'm a mother, I find it very hard to understand how this can work out. How could God let his son be sacrificed at the cross? Has God been so cruel? And then I explained the gospel. And we talked about it. And I said, this Jesus gave his life voluntarily. He came with a purpose. But I said, Jesus died. But God did not keep his son there at death. But he raised him back to life. And this lady said to me, now it makes sense. Because God loved his son and brought him back to life. He has ransomed the people and made us precious in his sight. That's what we see here. This is what Jesus says, isn't it? In John chapter 10 verse 18. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. You see, friends, Jesus willingly gave his life. He bought, he paid a ransom with his blood. He did this by giving his life on the cross because his love for us is precious. John 3.16, do you know the text? Uh, for God so 
Love the world. Come on, let's say it. That he gave his only That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow, that's great. God so loved the world that he gave us his son. And that is the most amazing message, friends. His profound love for you. His personal loving Christ for you. His redeeming love for you. That Jesus would pay a price for a sinner like you and sinner like me and you at the cross and bought us back with his blood and has set us free from the shackles of sin and brought us, so to speak, into the very presence of the throne room of God in faith. And so no wonder they sing, giving praise to our God. And every tribe, language, people and nation. Have a look around us, friends, this morning. How many languages, how many people groups represented here? If I was to speak a few languages this morning, will you pick it up? Ni hao ma. What's that? Chinese. Habakaba. Baik, baik. What's that? Indonesian, right? Kuya Morgan, who cut me tell? What's that? Dutch. Subudesanak, other. Bomundaida, Sapasanipa. What's that? That's Singalese. Well, I'm here. There's no one else, right? <laughs> oh, no, no. We have Christian, Christian here, right? Uh, what about uh, Amdullah, right? Amdullah and Kuwais. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, Arabic. I don't know any Vietnamese, John. I'm sorry, but... Uh, right? You see the different language groups? That's kind of bragging, isn't it? Using that. It's not really. So, You see what I'm saying? We've got so many people groups here. By God's grace... And by the way, good morning. How are you? <laughs> you see the point. God has brought people from different tribes, languages, people groups, brought us together. He has saved us by His grace. And if this is here a picture, imagine what it will be like in heaven. People from every tribe, language, people groups, nations meeting together and celebrating and singing the new song of praise to the Savior Jesus who has ransomed them from their sin and brought them into the very presence of our great God. And you will make them a kingdom and priest to our God. That is that we will live under King, uh, under King Jesus. We are brought into the kingdom of God. From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We are made priests. That is, we have intimate access into his very presence. And as priests, we serve our God. You can get that from Exodus chapter 19. They shall reign on the earth. And I was thinking about this. How does this work out? That is, friends, that we will reign with Christ on this earth means, my understanding is this, that as kingdom citizens, as we share the good news of King Jesus, we are reigning with Christ here on earth, and one day it will be brought to completion. Now, we see the song of the angels. Then I looked, verse 11 and verse 12. I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads, myriads, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Yeah, the living creatures, the elders, and now we have the addition of the elders, 
evidence of the angels, thousands upon thousands. Think about it. Can we work it out this morning? Imagine the scene. The angels are singing the praise to this God, to the Lamb, to, the, to, to God, to, the, to God the Father, God the Son. And they say that He is worthy because to receive power, that's the word dunamis in the Greek, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, blessing. Sevenfold description there, an expression. And this song is sung in heaven, but it has its tones in the Old Testament. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, which I read this morning. And the qualities that belong to God himself are now attributed to the Lamb of God. Angels are very interested in what is going on around the throne. They can't contain themselves. They are rejoicing. And you know something, friends? The Bible tells us this. That the angels rejoice in heaven when one sinner turns to Christ. Did you know that? Luke chapter 15 verse 10. So, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What a, what a motivation to share the gospel. Are you praying for conversions? Are you? Do you believe that God can convert people? Um, yes. Well, I won't be standing here. Some of us won't be here this morning, right? You see, sometimes people say, Oh, we want to see these great miracles that God is doing. Why can't He do the miracles that He did so many years back? And I tell you, friends, one of the greatest miracles that God does today is the conversion of a sinner. When someone is converted, there is rejoicing in heaven. What an amazing picture that, that God gave John and through him for us today. A spectacular picture of celebration, of praising before this God by angels. What about us this morning? Can we join with them and praise our Savior? What is your new song? To the Lord this morning. Did you have a song to sing? What kind of song is that this morning? If you were to sing a song this morning, what would it be like? What would it be? What words would you put into it? If you were to write a song this morning, what words would you put in that song? What words resonate in your heart this morning in a new song to the Lord? Can you sing? What will you sing? And the song of creation. Notice, friends, that creation joins in now, 13 and 14. The entire universe, John says, the entire universe is involved. And verses 13 and 14. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Get the picture? The redeemed are singing. The angels are singing. And the creation joins in. All of creation. 
Because God is the creator. Right? And he's created us in his image. He's made you in his image. He's given you life to live. Correct? We are breathing today. This very moment. I was out early morning. It was a fresh morning, I tell you. And I was thinking this morning as I was going, as I was walking along, how good is God that has given me another day to breathe, another day to live. I was watching a program the other day with Rose, and we heard of this, of this little girl, a lovely little girl, who's got a disease with her eyes. And she will be going blind soon. Imagine the terror for the parents. And someone, some rich person had given this family free air travel to any place they want to go to in the world. So that this little girl can see anything she likes before she goes blind. And we looked at each other and, and said, how traumatic that must be. How traumatic that must be. You see, we take so much for granted, don't we? But do we count the little blessings that God has given us? Are our hearts filled with thanksgiving to this Lord? To say, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to join with the, with the heavenly angels, with God's redeemed people, with the universe as it were. To give you praise and thanks because you receive, you deserve all the honor, all the glory, all the praise, all the thanksgiving, even in the midst of the tragedies and the challenges in my own life. And friends, sometimes it is hard going, right? Yeah? Sometimes the going is tough. There are moments that we can Hardly sing. Moments when we can hardly pray. Moments when we can hardly open our mouths because there are tears pouring down our eyes. Moments when the burden is too much to bear. And the complexities and the challenges of life brings us down. Moments like that. You remember, friends, the setting in heaven. The Lamb of God. That He has redeemed you. He has bought you with a price. And He's given to you a new song to sing. And He has been raised from the dead. And He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And He stands by you. And He embraces you with His love. And He says, you are mine. I gave my life for you. Does that change your perspective? Does it? Does it change your perspective of how you live your life here on earth? It does to me. And so this morning, we see further, friends, verse 14. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And what did the elders do? Verse 14. The elders fell down and worshipped. The affirmation, Amen, that's the proper response to Jesus. See, he alone is worthy of all praise. He alone is worthy of all worship. How about us this morning, friends? How about me? Who do I worship? Who do you worship? Romans 
chapter 12 says this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We worship the Lamb because he has redeemed his people by his blood. He is our royal Lamb who will execute judgment from the throne. He is our warrior Lamb who will overcome all his enemies. He is our shepherd Lamb. He is our committed Lamb who invites us to the marriage feast. This morning, the Lord's Supper is for us, his people. You love the Lord, you know Christ, then come and celebrate that supper. Let it be a reminder to us that there was a green hill far away outside the city wall where our dear Savior, our Lord, was crucified. Remember the priceless worth of, our, of the Son of God, the Lamb of God. His sinless death, rising from the dead, is redemption to anyone who believes the gospel. And so, friends, in conclusion, here in Revelation 5, John wept loudly. And God, in his grace and goodness, points John through the elder, reminds him of the lion of the tribe of Judah, and then to the lamb who was slain and who was now standing. And soon, get this, friends, in the passage, and soon, John's weeping has turned to that of joy and rejoicing. You know, Jesus takes our tears, he takes our weeping, and he turns them into joy. What a blessing that is, right? You think about that. Your tears. One day and mine will be no, 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 no. The night of weeping becomes the morning of joy. I don't know where you are today in your faith in Jesus. I don't know what kind of week you have had. Maybe it has been a challenging week. Maybe it has been a week of tears. Whatever it is. Maybe today you are weeping for your sin. Christ can turn your weeping into joy. And give you freedom to live for him. And that is the blessing of knowing Jesus, the Lamb of God. He alone is worthy. Is he to you this morning? Think about that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the new song you give us, Lord, in our hearts.
to sing of our Redeemer. Praise you that the angels are around the throne praising the living God, the Lamb of God. That the universe will one day give you all praise. Thank you that the Lamb of God has conquered death, has dealt with our sin, and is today the living Savior. Lord, would you bless our hearts this morning. Prepare us to come to the supper, to celebrate the elements that we would take in a few moments with thankfulness in our hearts for the forgiveness of our sins, the new life we have in Jesus. Amen. Friends,